Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Let's try some fun ball. Run right to the back of him. Run right to the middle and out the back. What's known in football terms as a slam dunk. Welcome to another edition of Daytime Fireworks. I am your host, Zach Barry. Joining me, as always, Mr. David Brandt of the Associated Press. Before we get into our Ole Miss A&M recap and into week 11, as Ole Miss travels to Georgia, I do want to remind you the show brought to you every single week by the good folks at USA Benefits Group. And Mr. Drew Moak, if you are looking to cut health insurance premiums by as much as 20 to 30%, give him a call, 601-953-8449. He's an Ole Miss grad located in Mississippi, and he's licensed in seven states. And he works with the nation's second largest health insurance brokerage with access to 35 different carriers. He can help you with any and all of your health insurance needs. That's regular plans, life insurance, dental, vision, Medicare, Everything and more covered by Drew Moak. Now, more than ever, it is critical to have a health insurance agent who is not only local, but also accessible. And that is Drew Moak. Call him 601-953-8449 or visit usabg.com slash D-M-O-A-K and get your free quote today. David, good morning. How are we doing? Good morning. Doing all right. Got uh, baseball's over now, although I got the GM meetings here in Scottsdale, but uh, but otherwise, uh, full steam ahead on football. It was a good run for the Snakes. They 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 made y'all proud out there. They did. It was one of those things that, like you know, they played for so long and they played so well. Once you get to the World Series, you might as well play well. But that didn't happen. So it was it was a a slight letdown, I think, for Diamondbacks fans. But it was awesome covered the World Series and. The Rangers totally deserved it. They had a really good team, and they played well. Corey Seager's a, a monster. But, uh, but yeah, good stuff. It was the, the Snakes went way farther, I think, than anybody else uh, expected. I guess you could say on Saturday that um, Trey Harris was doing his own Corey Seager impression. As, oh, my uh, gosh. He was unbelievable. What a, he what had a him. What a What a year. He's, ah, he's dude, yeah, he's missed a year, and people forget he missed a couple games. I know, um, I know, but like, he's, every time he's been healthy and been on the field, he has been. I mean, maybe not every time, but several times he has been nearly unstoppable. What a year! Yeah, he's played in seven games, thirty-eight receptions, seven hundred forty-nine yards, and seven touchdowns. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously lit up Mercer for four touchdowns in the first game of the season, and everybody was like, okay, this new guy's pretty damn good, but it's Mercer. Um, 
got banged up in the Tulane game, came out early after scoring on, a, I think, what was it, the first play or second play from scrimmage. And yeah. uh, all he does after that is come back 153 against LSU, 102 against Auburn, and then 213 on Saturday against A&M as Ole Miss wins 38-35. We got to update the uh, statistic, David. We were talking about how Ole Miss was the only program in Power 5 with three receivers with 500 yards or more. Now they have the only program with three receivers of 600 yards or more. Um, the Trey Harris, Jordan Watkins, uh, Dayton Wade, Cerberus is just incredible right now for this offense. Yeah, I mean, all three of them have been terrific. And then you've talked about, you've been, you know, talking about Caden Priestcorn now for a couple weeks. And I think even though, he just had a couple catches, I think, against AM. He's still you you have to account for him because yeah. he can. So, you know, and Judkins has caught a few balls out of the backfield too. So you got to account for him too. So really you've got four or five. It, that's that's just a lot to ask for a college defense to account for that many people, especially when obviously Jackson Dart can run and you gotta worry about Judkins running the ball. It's just they they're like I've said a, a couple times over the past couple weeks, I, I just really like how this team has progressed throughout the year, peaking at the right time, playing mm -hmm. well in big games. You know, we've talked about Trey Harris. You look at all his biggest games. What are they? I mean, outside of Mercer, against really good teams. You know, he had a great game against LSU. He had a great game against Texas A&M when they really needed it. You know, did okay against Vanderbilt and Auburn. But but that's all right. I like to see guys who show up in big games. And Harris and, and obviously Judkins and Jackson Dart all did that on Saturday. It's you mentioned Priest Corn and it, look, he's not putting up gaudy numbers, but he's typically good for at least one or two catches of, you know, anywhere from 12 to 18 yards. Um, and again, that's something to account for over the middle of the field. He has been a tremendous asset in the run game. Uh, he, he's a just, you know, <laughs> you want to say a willing blocker. I mean, he is more than capable and more than willing to get dirty in the trenches and pancake somebody off the edge. He has been crucial for them to really get the run game going. I, I Quinshawn Judkins told me he listened to the show last week and I said Bentley would have a big game. He uh he took exception to that and then went out and, <laughs> and, and did the damn thing on Saturday. 23 carries, 102 yards, three touchdowns. I, I mean, he you've talked about it the last couple of weeks. He looks like a different player from the first uh, month of the season, running with some purpose, some attitude. I mean, it's been fun to see him kind of turn it on. And, um, yeah, it just adds just another dangerous element to this offense that people are having issues with. Yeah, and a, and a, and a shout-out to the offensive line you talked about again. Remember the first few yeah. weeks of the season, we were a little, eh, you know, they just didn't look great. And I think Priestport coming in being a true number six, like you said in those, he really blocks well. And for whatever reason, they figured it out up there. Judkins is healthier. That obviously helps. you got the one-two punch with Bentley. Jackson Dart can run. I mean, you know, I hate to, you know, things aren't perfect for Ole Miss, but you're peaking at the right time. You're fairly healthy. Uh, this is quite a year for Ole Miss a lot of great performances, a lot of guys stepping up at big moments when they need to. And it's, it's been, it's been fun to see because you like to see teams live up to their full potential. I think Ole Miss is doing that right now. 
Yeah, did it on Saturday. Uh, it, at the beginning, uh, we talked about it on our on our gambling show last week. We thought it would be kind of a snail's pace type game. We figured Bobby Petrino and Jimbo Fisher would try to keep the Ole Miss offense off the field, be methodical with the run game. But Max Johnson had success early. He threw it 42 times, David. Um, it seemed, though, late. Pete Golding and that staff made some adjustments at halftime. And when they brought pressure and got in his face and hit him, it made a difference. And the defense, look, it was just like the LSU game. You know, bend but don't break. They bent a lot on Saturday, but they got the stops when they needed it. And the offense responded when they went down late, drove down, got a score, and then the defense did the rest. Yeah, and really a shout-out to Max Johnson. He played pretty well. He, he played better yeah. than I thought he would. 31 of 42, 305, one touchdown, one interception. Like you said, I, I, I think that maybe in the beginning – Pete Golding or the defense wasn't as worried about what Max Johnson could do, but then he started to perform. And like you said, they got some pressure on him, made him make some tough decisions and things got better, but you know, credit to Texas A&M for making it tough. Cause I, I, they, they were just better offensively than I thought they would be. And, and they made it tougher mm-hmm. on Ole Miss and made them nearly get into the forties to win that game. Yeah. You mentioned the one pick for Max Johnson. He, he, Tried to throw two or three more late in the game. Ole Miss just could not corral it. Um, But, yeah, big stop at the end. Um, Like I said, they brought pressure, and I've heard rumblings that Max Johnson either cracked or broke some ribs, so he took some big shots. When they came after him with pressure, and they did some some unique blitz packages, they brought um, a couple corner blitzes. They were showing safeties early, some zone stuff. It was, um, you know, Pete Golding had to go deep into the bag and they got it done. And then obviously at the end, the big block by big Xavier Harris back off the injury. He had a fantastic game. Got SEC uh, defensive player of the week honors. Um, it was just a, an all around effort by Ole Miss. You, you had the offense doing, doing its thing, um, putting up, you know, 518 yards on a really good defense. And, it was, you know, it wasn't, you know, completely balanced, but 131 yards rushing, almost 400 through the air. And then the defense, again, they got pressure, uh, just the one sack, but they did, like you said, did enough to kind of throw Max Johnson off and force him to, you know, maybe make a throw quicker or hold it a little bit longer. And, uh, I mean, again, you, you can't ask for much more from, from this Pete Golding defense. They've been really good through uh, the first nine games of the year. They have. And, and I really – one thing that impressed me, too, was I thought Ole Miss took a, a really good shot from Texas A&M. Like, Texas A&M was up for that game, obviously. They had just come off a, a win over South Carolina – they were looking to prove, you know, because they lost tight games to Alabama and Tennessee. That was a big game for them. They came out fired up, and they played pretty well in a lot of ways. And Ole Miss was still able to absorb that, take the early lead, fend them off even when some things didn't go very well. Like, obviously, the I think the blocked field goal returned for the touchdown. Like, you know, things like that. Like, not everything went well. Texas A&M played well, and you still get that win. And so I think that that's, again, that just bodes well down the stretch for Ole Miss. Last thing before we turn the page to Georgia, 
we have mentioned it plenty of times, and I don't think Ole Miss is getting enough credit nationally. This is just a resilient team that is just a fantastic mix of experience. They've got some young talent and just explosive playmakers on both sides of the ball, and they're just winning games. I, I know that there are, there are some national pundits out there that are throwing out, wow, you know, they're, they're just, you know, getting lucky with these coin flip games. And at some point, it's know. just it's just who you yeah. are and you and you're just you're just good enough to win games. I, I mean, I, well, I don't understand that whole narrative of, well, we're not gonna put them in a, you know, hypothetical 12 team playoff because they struggled to beat a mediocre A and M team at home, but you're gonna put undefeated Liberty in the playoff. You're gonna put one loss Louisville well, in the playoff. Well, I, I, and I, you keep looking at some of those non-con that went over Tulane was nice. That went over Georgia Tech's yeah. looking real nice. Like Georgia Tech's not a bad yeah. football team. Like, you know, almost I mean, if you're if you're looking at Alabama, common opponents, other, if you're looking right, at I common mean, opponents, like, like Louisville only beat Georgia Tech by five. Yeah. Ole Miss beat the brakes off of. Right. And and there's some really impressive wins, you know. LSU, I know it hasn't had the year they've wanted, but they've played everybody tough winning that game. I mean, there's a lot of nice wins on that schedule. And I think that Texas A&M win, I, there's nothing to be ashamed of on that one. That's, like you said, that's a, that's a team full of five stars, and, and they play people tough. So, I, I mean, you know, you look at the rankings, you look at the people above them, and there's not many that I would say – you know, if, if I'm looking at it right now, obviously Alabama beat them, so I understand why they're ahead of them. But, you know, mm-hmm. Penn State, Texas, I, eh, but, you know, the, the yeah. top five are all undefeated. But I, I think Ole Miss, you can make an argument, is right there as the best one-loss team in the country right now, especially the way that they're playing. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'm not advocating for, for Ole Miss to be, you know, higher in the playoff rankings. I think they're right where they should be, nine, like eight or nine. I mean, Right, you could argue that they could be in that seven, eight, or nine range, but I think it's pretty close to to accurate right now. Yeah, it's more so just like at some point you have to give credit where it's due, where it's just a good football team that's winning games. And oh, I I totally agree with that, and I think there was a narrative early that the SEC was down, and I, I think the SEC probably doesn't have the real elite teams other than Georgia that they've had in the past. But I, I think over the past several weeks, Ole Miss has showed it's a very good football team. Alabama's a good football team. Tennessee's a solid football team. Missouri's a good football team. LSU, obviously, they've lost some tough ones, but that's a good football team. Like, yeah. I, I think the SEC does not have, you know, the obvious two or three top five teams this year. But I do think they have several teams that are in that eight to 22 range. And so I think the SEC is very, very tough this year. They're just doesn't necessarily, I yeah. think they have more depth than they've had in several years of the recent past, even if they don't have the elite team. So I think it's a, it's a different year for the SEC. And that might be why some of these right. teams like Ole Miss aren't getting quite the, the respect, but I, I have been thoroughly impressed with what Ole Miss has done and the schedule they've played. They have nothing to be ashamed about. Yeah. One of the better, uh, strength of schedules you know like per like the records and um you know maybe not top to bottom as deep an sec as it normally is like i think the the bottom of the barrel are really bad but then that second and first tier are pretty damn good 
Um, right. I mean, this is a you know, Missouri. I think is a, is a really good team. Took Georgia to the brink again, lost by nine, and you know had a real shot at making that one interesting. And then you've got, you know, Tennessee's pretty solid, and you, you know, Florida's looked okay in spots, and um, Kentucky's all right. Yeah, Kentucky's all right. And then at the top, you, you you've got Ole Miss and Bama. You know, LSU with a healthy Jaden Daniels, really, really dangerous. I Nick Saban was palms were sweaty over there early in that one. Um, oh, sure. But, you know, they remind me of those Texas A and M teams with Johnny Manziel. You know that. You know, if you go back and look at those years, it's not like A and M was eleven and one every year. But oh my gosh, they were a handful. Yeah. You know, I mean, they, yeah, they pushed some people to the brink and got some upsets and just. You know the great quarterback play. That that's kind of what that team reminds me of. Even though Jaden and and Manziel are, are different type of players, but I, the same type of thing where they can put a team on their back and they just like you said make palms sweaty for opposing coaches. Speaking of uh, common opponents, we'll get to that in the second segment. We'll take our first break here and we'll get into our Ole Miss Georgia preview. So hang tight. We'll be right back with our week 11 Ole Miss Georgia analysis. Cooler temperatures are right around the corner. And as I like to say, it's the perfect time to play around a golf. And if you're looking for a premier golf course in Northwest Mississippi or the Memphis, Tennessee area, go to Cherokee Valley Golf Club in Olive Branch, 15 minutes from the Memphis International Airport. With those cooler temps, you might want to stay warm and comfortable on the course this fall. Go in the clubhouse and check out their new selection of outerwear from Travis Matthew and FootJoy, including FootJoy's new lightweight hoodie. This 18-hole par 72 course includes four sets of tees to accommodate all players and has 11 lakes, 52 bunkers, and the wide Zoysia fairways and extra-large champion Bermuda greens and clean roughs make for an excellent opportunity every single time to post a number. If you need a premier golf experience in the Mid-South, go to Cherokee Valley Golf Club. Call them at 662-893-4444 or check them out, olivebranchgolf.com. Are you looking at cutting your health insurance premiums by as much as 20 to 30%? Are you aging into Medicare and need help finding a Medicare supplement plan? Call Drew Moak of USA Benefits Group at 601-953-8449. Drew is an Ole Miss grad located in Mississippi and licensed in seven states. He works with the nation's second largest health insurance brokerage with access to 35 different carriers, and he can help you with any of your health insurance needs. From regular health plans to life insurance to dental and vision and even Medicare, he has it all covered. Now more than ever, it is critical to have a health insurance agent who is local and accessible. So call Drew Moak at 601 601- 953-8449 and get your free quote today. All right, David, let's get into Ole Miss at Georgia, 6 p.m. Central Time, 7 Eastern in Athens, where this one will be played. Top 10 matchup. Playoff rankings come out later this evening as we are recording this on Tuesday. We'll see where Ole Miss is ranked. They will definitely be in the top 10, but we mentioned common opponents talking about um, certain playoff teams and, you know, hypothetical playoff teams in the first segment. One thing that I still can't get out of my head is how in the world did Vanderbilt score 20 on Georgia? <laughs> Weird 
weird things happen in football, but I was thinking the same thing looking at that box. I was I was just going through their schedule. And you know what's interesting about this is we talk about schedules, strength of opponents and everything like that. Georgia's gotten off a little easy with their schedule now that we look at it a little? in hindsight. Yeah, well, I mean, at the beginning of the year, you know, we thought South Carolina would be a little better. Maybe yeah. Kentucky would be a little better in Florida. But, but really, their toughest opponent was the last one they just played, Missouri, which yeah. made them sweat for quite a while. So really, I, I don't think Georgia has seen a team like Ole Miss. I still think Georgia is really, really good, and Ole Miss is going to face an uphill battle. But I, I think this is going to be a little bit of a, you know, in, in some ways, I, I think Missouri warmed them up a little for it. But I think Ole Miss is going to be possibly a little bit of a shock to the system just because of the their elite offense. Yeah, I – that's where I'm at. I think just surface level, I think Ole Miss is going to have to play damn near a perfect game, and they're going to need a little bit of help from Georgia. Because don't look now, Carson Beck is starting to get things rolling. Um, and it's without Brock Bowers. They've found ways around it. Um, they have, you know, Ladd McConkey, Ra-Ra Thomas. Um, they have found other avenues to get the ball down the field and he looks to be getting more and more comfortable as the season goes on he's made big throws he's led comebacks against south carolina you know it was tight with with you know missouri early um really had a big coming out party you know a homecoming game for him in the cocktail party against florida put up 43 points in that one you know the big win over kentucky had the uh, the big moment against Auburn when Bowers was was still healthy, had the game winner there. So that's to me one of the matchups that I'm I'm watching is the Ole Miss pass rush and the secondary, which both of those units, David, are incredibly deep and really experienced. So this plan for Ole Miss is got to be dialed and it has to be buttoned up for them to have a legitimate shot at winning this game. They're going to have to get pressured. They're, they're going to have to put him on his backside, get the jersey dirty, and they're going to have to lock down some dudes on the outside. They have, it seems like they always find somebody in the slot to open up the middle of the field and to make that big play. You, you've seen McConkey do it over the last couple of years. And then this year, they've added a couple pieces to that passing game. Dominic Lovett, the former Missouri guy. Um, I already talked about Ra-Ra Thomas. Makai Muse is another guy they use as a, you know, they, they put him in the slot and let him just go find a soft spot. So those are the types of plays that I think Ole Miss, you're going to have to get off the field on, on third down. You know, if you get to Beck and you force a third and seven, a third and eight, you got to get there and make the play. You got to stop them at the point of contact. You can't let them get yards after the catch. So that's, to me, the key to this one, because I do think Jackson Dart is going to have success in some form or fashion. I think they're going to be able to dial up something, whether that's some you know unique stuff with the run game, Trey Harris doing Trey Harris things, or you know maybe Priest Corn finding some room over the middle. That is... I think the defense is a bigger storyline 
than the Ole Miss offense doing its thing because outside of Alabama, they've scored on everybody. But this is a different monster. This is the two-time defending national champs. They haven't lost a regular season home game or I guess a, a, a home game. And I think it's gone back to like 2018 or something. Like it's a crazy streak that Georgia has. So it's going to be a tall, tall task. But that's just where I'm at with this game. I, I, I think it's going to have to be a damn near perfect effort from Ole Miss. Yeah, and I, you know, I know controversy and, and, and differing opinions makes for better podcasts, but I agree with you. So I, <laughs> I, I just think I, I'm very comfortable with what the Ole Miss offense can do. And I think that you're right. They'll play fine. And I, I think Georgia's defense is good, but I think Ole Miss can get somewhere in the neighborhood of 28 points in this game, maybe closer to 30. It's, it's can the defense, like you said, get off the field on third and seven, third and eight, maybe get a big interception or two, a fumble, something, any kind of turnover, and figure out a way to win this game 28 to 24. Um, yeah. I, I think this is, you know, this is this is not going to be famous last words, of course, but I, I don't think this is going to be an LSU, you know, 55 to 49 type of game. I, I think this is Georgia doesn't want that. And, and to be truthful, I'm not sure Ole Miss completely wants that. So I, I just think the first one to 30 wins is my idea. I think this is going to be a 31-24 one way or the other, whoever plays the best. And, and I think that Georgia obviously has the upper hand because they're at home. They're also just very, very talented. Carson Beck's played well. Like you said, they seem to find a rhythm without Brock Bowers. Um, Ole Miss has their hands full. But again, we've been talking about this game for a month that you just – you got to win the games in front of you. And so many times it's happened where Ole Miss or, or whatever team you're talking about, not just Ole Miss, blows it the week before. Like that Texas A&M game, how many times has that happened where a team gets their shot at number one but then blows it the week before, you know, game day ends up going somewhere else and we're all just like, ah. Oh. But this one has actually worked out. So I, I feel, you know, I, I think just getting to this point is – sort of a indictment on how good Ole Miss is this year because they've been taking pretty good shots from from decent teams the last few weeks. Yeah, I, I think you're you're right where it, it's going to stay in the 20s, low 30s if, if if it's an Ole Miss win. Um I don't know if I think Ole Miss can get up to the 40s or 50s barring just, you know, a blowout and Georgia just does not look good, plays flat, turns the ball over a ton. I don't know. I think Kirby is going to be crafty enough to know, hey, we we need to keep them off the field, keep that offense off the field. I think they're going to basically play just like Texas A&M did, where they're going to take some shots with the passing game, but I think they're just going to line up and say, we're better than you, and we're going to run the football right at you with Dejon Edwards and the rest of the, the backfield. Um, I, I just keep going back to I, – I, Ole Miss is going to have to take care of the football, obviously. Like, on the road, I think defense travels, run game travels, and then you cannot turn the football over. Um, and, and Ole Miss's special teams outside of Caden Davis hitting some long field goals, they've been kind of average. 
they haven't been able to really flip field position with the punting game. And you had the blocked field goal last week. You're going to, you have to avoid that, that type of blow up special teams play because if you're Ole Miss, you need to get out to a fast start and take the crowd out of it. It's going to be a night game. It's going to be loud. That's kind of for me, what, is going to give Ole Miss a shot. Like, tell me what the score is. Tell me what the vibe of the game is after the first quarter. And you can probably have a good idea of how this one's going to go. I think that Judkins is is going to be crucial. They're going to have to run the football effectively to give Jackson Dart time, or they're just going to tee off and, and just come at him. Um, I think that's the recipe, David. I think it, I don't know. I, I don't think. I just I think, don't think you could speed Georgia up, you know, right. I mean, not a ton. I mean, maybe a little, but yeah, I just don't think you're going to like, especially after playing Missouri, which has a pretty good offense too. I, yeah. I just don't think you're going to, you're going to have to kind of line up and I'm not saying like play into Georgia's hands and, and do what they want to do, but you're going to have to, you know, this isn't one of those games where you're just going to spread the field and, out athlete them. I mean, Georgia has athletes. Like you're going to have yeah. to line up and and move some people. Like we've talked about having pre-score be a big blocker and play big boy football and a little bit almost. I, I don't want to say Big Ten style, but yeah, I mean more of a pro style. This is going to be. There's going to be a lot of NFL scouts watching this tape. That's all. <laughs> I yeah. think this is going to be a a very indicative game of how some of these guys can play at the next level. Yeah, I I think the the one thing that I'm sure Ole Miss staffers are, are are looking at is as talented as this Georgia defense is and as as loaded as they are across the board, it's not a team that that collects a ton of sacks. Um, that's kind of been something that I've been keeping an eye on this season, and you know because I think it was for like a couple weeks into the year, Georgia didn't have any sacks as a team. Um, right, which is kind of crazy. And Ole Miss is top five right now in sacks. Um, I'm looking at the the team totals right now, and I'm having to go to page two to find Georgia. They only have 19 sacks on the year. That's good for 70th in the country, which is a little bizarre. Um, you know, they, they're they're kind of doing it in different ways. They they really don't do a lot in the secondary. They don't make a ton of plays. You know, they're not grabbing a bunch of interceptions that I think they just play really sound fundamental defense across the board and they just tackle you in space and don't let you, you know, get past the first man, which has been kind of the mantra for Ole Miss and the run game. I know Judkins and Bentley have been really good after first contact and Dart's been really good after first contact. Um, so that's, I think something that is, is very intriguing when looking at, you know, where do you want to find the edge in this game for Ole Miss? And I think that's it. Like, they're Georgia's 88th in the country in tackles for loss. So if Ole Miss can keep Dart clean and get some positive yardage in the run game on first and, and second downs to really open up the passing game, that's where you beat elite teams like Georgia. I mean, that was always the MO for beating Alabama was – you got to take shots downfield and you got to be able to drive the football downfield and you got to win those one-on-ones. You know, Ole Miss has a guy that can win them one-on-ones and Trey Harris. And then you've got 
two kind of switchblade dudes and Dayton Wade and Jordan Watkins that are just crafty guys that know how to get open and make you pay. I think that's the recipe is keep dark clean and really get ahead of the sticks early in drives. Yeah, I mean, if Jackson Dart is comfortable, it could be a very good day for Ole Miss. I, I agree. Mm-hmm. To me, it, it feels like Georgia, especially early, you know, they had UT Martin, Ball State, South Carolina, UAB, Auburn to start out. And so I think as a defense, they didn't have to take a lot of chances they because they just didn't need to. You know what I mean? Keep everything in front of you, win the game, let the offense do their and, – and, you know, now that they're in games where they may need to flip, you know, have a big play, a big sack, a big fumble, strip sack, something like that. Can Georgia turn up that big play pressure? I mean, you're right. They obviously have the talent to do it. But can they, now that they're getting into some games where, you know, you're picking on people closer to your own size, you know, can you dial up pressure? Can you, has Georgia been saving some things? Um, you know, that's I, that's what I'm interested in because Georgia obviously has mm-hmm. the talent. They yeah. just, you know, haven't needed necessarily to be a super aggressive defense because, again, they're so sound. Their offense can win games. You know, they, they've been remarkably consistent. They've never given up more than 21 points in a game this year. It's just 21, 20, 20, 13, 20, 21, 14, 3, and 7. Really solid year. But I, I think that you're right that Georgia, if if they let Jackson Dart get comfortable, it's just going to be harder. The the level of competition is more difficult. And I, I think that the playmakers are, are somebody that outside of maybe Missouri last week, they haven't seen much of this year. Ole Miss has done it all year, and they're going to have to do it again because you know it's going to come because Georgia's just too good. You're going to have to be able to survive that first big haymaker. You're going to have to get back to your corner and regroup and bounce back. And they've done it all year. They did it against A&M. They did it against Tulane. They did it against LSU. You're going to have to be able to counterpunch and really respond. Because if they don't, I think it could snowball. And that's when Georgia gets in that Death Star mode and really pounds you. But yeah, they've shown all year they have the ability to do it. So This is as big a game as any. Some are billing it as the biggest game in Ole Miss program history, just with the ramifications of a potential dark horse run to the college football playoff and, you know, eight and one for just the third time in in 60 years. That's, that's where I'm at with this, with this one is, can you survive that first big blow that Georgia's going to hammer you with? Yeah, and, you know, you you brought up an interesting point that Ole Miss has survived some slow starts. They've survived some faster starts and then let the other team get into the game. And then, and and actually, Georgia has done that a few times too because they've played with their food a couple times in the in the first yeah. half. And you know, we've seen some scores that were like, oh, and then you know they pull away late. So I I think these are two very, as we talked about, mature teams that aren't going to get. You know, I I think both of them can withstand. A haymaker from each other because they've done that several times this year. So I, I don't think that I would be very surprised if one team just gets completely rattled and falls apart. I, I think that both these teams have shown throughout the year that they can they can start fast, they can start slow, they can come back if they need to, they can hold on to a week, they can have a 
uh, defensive stand on the final drive. They can do lots of different ways and, and beat you in different ways. So I, I think this is, you know, I was, when you said the, the biggest game maybe in Ole Miss history, I, you know, that's a history is a long time, but this yeah. has got to be one of the biggest ones in the last, I mean, ever since I've really been following the team in 20 or 25 yeah. years, as far as ramifications, like national ramifications, you think back, you know, the Bo Wallace days in 2014, 2015, there were some really big games in those years too, but I would put this game obviously right up there with all of those. So yeah, huge, huge, huge game for Lane Kiffin, huge game for Ole Miss as they try to, you know, because I think for several, several years, with, with a couple exceptions, you know, the, the Matt Luke years, they've been knocking on the door of being a legitimate, consistent top 10 team, but they always eh, kind of fall back and everything. So this is, I think, sort of Ole Miss's opportunity to really say, hey, we, you know, we're, we're in that top five, top 10 range. Yeah. I, the last thing on, on, on this before we head to picks, at the end of the day, no one is expecting Ole Miss to win this game. No one is, there's no, you know, just pressure cooker sitting on top of your skull for this one. All the pressure's on Georgia. Yeah, got the, I, I agree. You've got the winning streak on the line. You're trying to win, you know, a three-peat, you know, first time since Minnesota did it. You're trying to stay undefeated, you know, keep pace with Ohio State and the playoff rankings, all that. So, you're at, at Georgia's at home. This is arguably their biggest home game of the year. And everything is, is riding on this for Georgia to keep pace. And, you know, yeah, sure. If Ole Miss does beat them, yeah, they can still win the East and get to the SEC title game, win that, and they'll be in the playoff, but, no problem. But, but they need help. They need help. Yeah, they can't. I, I agree that they're kind of playing with house money at this point. Yeah, it's a big game for Ole Miss. There's always pressure when you get a big-time college football game. But, you know, as far as national implications, what's being expected, I mean, 90% of the, the pressure is on Georgia here. I, I really yeah. – I would be very disappointed if Ole Miss doesn't, at the very least, come out, play well, play loose, see what happens. Maybe you win, maybe you lose. But I, I think this is – this is as good of an opportunity as, as they've had in years and years for a lot of different reasons. Yeah. I, yeah. House money. Kiffin said as much in his press conference on Monday, it's all about just maintaining, you know, realistic expectations and, and just knowing like, Hey, this is a free shot. Get it, you know, give it everything you got, let it all hang out, you know, empty the playbook, throw some things out there. Cause after this, I mean, it's just, you know, it's, it's ULM and it's Mississippi state. So uh, if, if you're needing to keep things in the playbook for those two games, then uh, that's a different <laughs> conversation. So I, just I let mean, it, you're, yeah, just the let, it loose. let it loose, let it loose. And, and I think also you can be comfortable if you're old miss that. Yeah. George is good. And they're arguably the most talented team in the country, but old miss has plenty of talent. I think that this truly is a, a situation where what's the line right now? Sorry. I, I hadn't seen um, that. Let me hit refresh here. It's kind of settled was, right at 11. Some 11? books have it at 10 and a half. Gosh, I like Ole Miss on that. Do you? Okay. I, 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 I think Ole Miss I would, can keep it within 
10. Okay. I think they can, I think, you know, I mean, I think, you know, if I were just hold a gun to my head, pick a score like Georgia 32, 24, something like that. I, okay. But I tend, I, I tend to lean the opposite way. I, I think, I think Ole Miss plays a really tight game early. And it, I think it's going to be similar to last week with, with Missouri. And I think it's tight for a little bit. I, I just, I have my concerns with, with Ole Miss's defense wearing down and just being on the field for long stretches. And, you know, if they can't get off the field, I think Georgia can wear them down. And I, I, I could see Georgia winning by 13, 14 points. Um, yeah. I mean, now that we're talking about it a little bit, I can see something like that happen too. Which, which if that's the case, like just being a, a realist and, and looking at it, that's not the worst outcome. I mean, no, I, I mean, to be honest, if you're Ole Miss, get in there, compete, don't get blown out, and just get out of there healthy, and it's fine. And I know that's not what Ole Miss fans want to hear, and it's not me saying Ole Miss isn't good. That you know, that's that's not what I'm saying at all. I, I just think there are some matchup issues with Ole Miss if they do not play a just sound football game on the defensive side, where I think Georgia can expose it over the stretch of four quarters. Yeah, I I sort of disagree there. I just don't think there's many, and, okay. and I agree with, I understand with what you're saying, but like, I don't think there's a lot of room for moral victories here. And and I know you're not necessarily saying that, but if you're Ole Miss, I, gosh, like I just don't think you're happy with anything but a win. Sure, if you, if you lose, it's better to be a close loss than get blown out for playoff purposes and all that stuff. But I, this is the, I, I know I agree with you totally that Ole Miss is playing with house money. They're the underdog, but they're not that big of an underdog. I, I don't think in this one, I, I think they're, this is again, if not now, we talked about this with Alabama and it didn't go very well. So you get another chance now with Georgia. Like if not now, when's it going to happen? I, I think that this is a huge mm-hmm. opportunity for Ole Miss. And I, I you know, not many times do you have a chance, especially when you're old this, to be 11 and one and be really legitimately in the national playoff situation, especially before the, the field expands. And I, I think this is, you know, it's not the end of the world if they lose again, but this is a big game for Ole Miss. And, and I think that I think they've got a very solid shot at winning if they play well. I'll tell you a matchup that is something that I think definitely leans Ole Miss's way. Pete Golding okay. versus Mike Bobo. I, Mike Bobo tends to get his own way more times than not. And if if Georgia comes out super conservative, right, and does and doesn't have a ton of success, and Ole Miss can can score a couple times early, then you're off to the races, and you're exactly where you want to be because. I don't know. Maybe maybe Bobo, because of Carson Beck's emergence in the last couple of weeks, maybe he doesn't go conservative. But I tend to think that Mike Bobo might kind of come out and, well, hey, we're Georgia. We're going to throw the helmet on the field, and we're just going to run right at you, and we're going to win, and, and and that's that. If Ole Miss can, can punch back and get some stops early and can make them pay, then, then you got, you, you know, you got yourself a ball game. Right. It's just, you know, 
And, and Georgia, I, I will say, has shown a couple times this year that it can slam on the gas when it needs to after a slow start. But I, I agree that that's sort of the, the, the playbook to win, that, that Georgia comes out, you know, tries to pound the ball, goes three and out, or maybe gets a first down or two and stalls out. And, and then it gets to be 10 to nothing early. And then uh, it gets kind of weird because I, I think, again, I think Ole Miss has a talent level, all apology, because I think Missouri is good too. But I think this is going to be the best team Georgia has seen. And sometimes, you know, you're not necessarily ready for that step up in competition. So if you're Ole Miss, that's what you hope for. Like, like, mm-hmm. like we've talked about, you've got to, you know, play your best and then hope that Georgia plays their B or C game instead of their A game. Because it, it's just hard to see. Yeah. If Georgia plays well, it's going to be awfully hard to beat them. Like, even if, right. even if they come out conservative, if they take care of the football, if Carson Beck plays like he's played the last few weeks, it's just as much as I like what Ole Miss is doing these past couple weeks, it's going to be awfully hard to see, see the Rebels win this one. One last thing. I know I keep saying one last thing, but my thing with, with Kiffin is I, I'd, I'd like for him to take the sticks in this one. Take control. Be vocal on that headset. I, I want to see him, like I said, empty the playbook. Get aggressive. And look, like don't shrink in the moment. And I don't think Kiffin will. He never does. But be who you are. Be aggressive. It, it, you know, go by the you know the quote book, the analytics book. If it, if it if it calls for you to go for it, don't be shy. Do it. This is the game when you lay it all out there. You don't go conservative. You don't punt. You know, take points when you can get them. You know, in, in certain spots on the field. But 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 stay true to your identity. And and Ole Miss's identity is you know we're going to come right at you and we're going to throw everything we got offensively and we're not shy to go for it on fourth down. We're not shy to, to really put you in a bind in like a fourth and seven or, you know, a fourth and six in, in plus territory. That's what I, I want them to continue to do that. And not just for this game, just that's who I think Ole Miss is under Lane Kiffin. And, and, and I personally have loved it. I, I, I truly do love that approach. I know some people hindsight, you know, when it doesn't work, you know, oh, stupid. But when it does, you know, great call. Like, stay true to who you are and, and be aggressive because even though Kirby knows that, you still got to stop it if you're Georgia. So, yeah, take your best on best. Go after them. Challenge them vertically. Don't be afraid to hand it to number four. He's damn good. He's an All-American for a reason. So, yeah, I mean, again, I'm not saying Ole Miss has no shot in this game. I mean, don't get it twisted. I mean, you know, Kevin Garnett voice, anything is possible. But, yeah, I mean, oh, th- this isn't some humongous mismatch by any means. O- Ole Miss is a top 10 program for a reason. Right. They, this, is, this is two top 10 teams in a big yeah. boy SEC game. Yeah, I think that's where, you know, Ole Miss fans, it's time to poke your chest out a little bit. You know, put that Ole Miss cap on and walk around Athens, Georgia with some pride. I mean, this is – this is a big game. I haven't heard anything from Kirby Smart this week, but I imagine he is giving all the credit and, and showing respect to Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss because they've deserved it. And, you know, this is your moment. This isn't a trophy game, but, I mean, this is as big as it gets for Ole Miss. And if you want to announce your arrival, 
to the college football world and, and show that that you're a, a heavyweight. This is this is your time. Yeah, I, I I am hoping that Ole Miss, and I think they have, judging from the five game winning streak, but learn from that Alabama game because I thought that was, that's why that game was so bitterly, I think, disappointing for the fan base because not only did you lose, but you, it just didn't feel like you gave it your best shot. You puckered up a little bit, and I, I think that Lane Kiffin hopefully learned from that. It seems like he did. Um, I think the team learned from that, and so again, I, I think that's you know. Take your shots, do what you're going to do, see what happens. I think one of the best things about this Ole Miss team is, you know, they say it a lot with, with, with athletics is, you know, a lot of, you know, the good teams and the successful teams typically embody the mindset or the attitude of the head coach. And I think this Ole Miss team is, has done that and they are, it's a very calculated and a very poised confidence. Like, I don't think it's cocky. I think it's mostly it's just like, it's like the thinking man's run and shoot. You know what I mean? It's not yeah, reckless, yeah. but yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's Ivy, Ivy know, league, Lane, Ivy league run and shoot. Right. Yeah. It's, you know, cause Lane Kiffin is not, a dumb person, obviously he's, he's not being reckless with what he's doing. There's a method to the madness, but there's also a little bit of a, I just said, he's not reckless, but it's like a controlled recklessness. You know what I mean? Yeah. I yeah. Think that's controlled what, chaos. That's what, right. That's what makes Ole Miss difficult. And I think it's an interesting, you know, just kind of a, the, the ethos of the matchup because Georgia is almost the opposite of that. Like they are a very, you know, and, and I think, Alabama, obviously, the coaching tree, Saban, Kirby, Smart. They're, they're similar teams in that they they are just a little more buttoned up. Yes, they can hit you with long plays and stuff like that. But they, at their heart, they really like to play that, you know, ground and pound, you know, take the air mm-hmm. out of the ball occasionally, pro-style offenses, that sort of stuff. And I think Ole Miss has a little bit of a different ethos. And, and, and so I, I, I think that uh, it just makes for a fascinating matchup. All right, we're going to take our final break. We'll get into our picks for week 11 as the season is regular season's almost over. Um, We'll get into that on the other side. So hang tight and we'll be right back. The College Corner is headed to Oxford. Stop by their new location in the Oxford Commons off Sisk Avenue. They'll have 4,000 square feet of Rebel gear ready for your trip to the Grove. On your next trip to Oxford, stop by the College Corner or our other great locations in Ridgeland and Flowood. Hats, shirts, polos, pullovers, sweats, T-shirts. College Corner has it all. And as always, you can visit us online at collegecornerstore.com. That's collegecornerstore.com. The College Corner, where your game day apparel meets. This podcast also comes to you thanks to Bluff City Advisory Group, Memphis's leading team of finance professionals who can provide advanced assistance with financial planning, pension, and qualified plan support, and business and estate planning strategies as well. Former Ole Miss Rebel and founding partner Ben Still, along with his elite-level customer service team, make it their goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs. Learn about this and more at bluffcityadvisory.com. It's concert season. And concert season is all about the boots. Already Oxford and Ole Miss have seen Morgan Wallen light it up at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. 
Ole Miss football star and Talk of Champions podcaster Jared Ivey bemoaned how his boots were lacking. He should have gone with Tecovis, the only stop for the Ole Miss fan and the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings for the spring and summer, including timeless, always-on-trend styles in men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. Stop by your local Tecovis store and have a complimentary drink or two on the house while you shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service, and many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. The sun's a-shining in Oxford, Mississippi. Cookouts in the Grove. Beer showers. It's just the very best time for an Ole Miss Rebel to get out and get going. Carry front door peace of mind with you everywhere you go with Eufy Video Lock. Never has home security been so easy. Eufy Video Lock, an all-in-one security device for your front door, allows you to keep an eye on everything back home. And it's so easy. Installation requires only a screwdriver. So ditch those house keys forever and give Eufy Video Lock a try today. There's no monthly fee, and Eufy Video Lock has customer support on standby 247 to help you with any and all home security needs. Go ahead, have your home as fun in the sun with the assurance your home is in good hands with Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock's built-in camera can tell you who's at your front door from the comfort of your poolside chair. So search Eufy Video Lock today. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Eufy Video Lock, a proud sponsor of this, the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And we are back here, Daytime Fireworks, final segment here with David Brandt of the Associated Press. All right, let's get into it. 11 a.m. ESPN at K. Roger, number eight, Alabama at Kentucky. Alabama coming off the impressive win over LSU last week. The line is sitting right at 10 and a half, 11, so pretty, pretty close to what Ole Miss Georgia is at. Uh, I... I'm laying the points. I, I am done. I am done disrespecting the tide. I, I am, <laughs> yeah, my, I, my my days of disrespecting the tide are over. Right? They have again. You know, we talk about teams figuring out what they are. I think Nick Saban's done a masterful job with this team this year. It's not his most talented team, and you know, they still might have another loss down the stretch. But man, the 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 bandwagon just keeps on rolling there, man. Uh, yeah, I, I, I was really impressed with how they played against LSU. I didn't, I didn't really know if they had that in them, but they do. And and I think we, I think Alabama's going to win this game pretty big this week. Yeah, we talked we talked about Carson Beck hitting his stride and and figuring some things out and getting comfortable. I think that's what you're seeing with Jalen Milrow too. I mean, he 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 looks like a starting quarterback now. He doesn't look to be second guessing things or, you know, he, he still misses some throws here and there, but 
<clears throat> much more assertive with his actions. And I think he's that, assertive. And I think Alabama's figured out what he does well and, and they stick to it. Yeah. I, I get, yeah. It, Tommy Reese has found something with um, the run game with him. And I, I mean, he's more than a capable runner. The dude can tote it. And I'd be, I'd, I'd love to see some numbers on his top, top end speed, you know, what, what mile per hour he reaches. Um, right. I, Kentucky's just, they don't have the horses. They, they can't, they're just not gonna be able to hang. I, I Alabama's defense is getting stronger as the year's gone on. That's the, you know, we talk about Georgia not getting after you with sacks and tackles for loss numbers. I, that's still been Alabama's thing. They they still get after you with Dallas Turner and their secondaries pretty proven, and they've got some really talented youngsters over there. And, uh, I, I mean, I, I Alabama big. We don't have to spend any more time on this. Uh, I'm laying the points. All right. Also at 11 o'clock on SEC Network, Vandy at South Carolina. For me, Jefferson Pilot vibes all the way right there. Yeah, it's at the claw, though, David. And I think USC is still pretty tough at home. I'm, I'm, I want to say I'm, I'm interested to see what the crowd looks like, but I've said it for years. South Carolina fans still show up regardless of what's going on. They are a pretty good fan base. Uh, when it comes to that, even 11, it, you know, the, the time never really matters there. I mean, they, they still show up. Vandy is still Vandy. They're not good. And, no. I mean, they got beat around by Auburn last week. They they hung around, were spunky early, but couldn't really muster much against a bad Auburn team. I kind of think South Carolina puts it on Vandy. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to say I'm going to lay the points. I'm going to lay the 13 and a half. And I think Rattler has himself a field day. I, South Carolina has been, we've talked about this, extremely disappointing this year, but they're not that disappointing. They'll, no. they'll, they'll, be, they'll beat Vanderbilt. I think they'll beat them pretty good. Yeah. Three and six, they got to get a win here if they want any hopes of getting to a bowl game. Um, and then they're going to need to win a bowl game if they're going to hit the uh, over six and a half win total that I took earlier in the year. Um, all right. Another big one, CBS 230. In Columbia, Missouri, we go from one Columbia to another. Tennessee taking on the Tigers, looking to bounce back from the loss in Athens. Tennessee, surprisingly, the favorite here. I think the wrong team's favorite in this one. I like the Tigers. I'll take them to to win it outright. Yeah, I, I think Tennessee has improved over the last couple weeks. Quietly this getting is a better. Tough one for me. Yeah, just kind of quietly getting better. You know, they lost Alabama, but a nice win at Kentucky, which is you know that's a big game for Kentucky, obviously, and road game. And then you know they smoked UConn last week, which whatever. The, but the quietest you know, they, seven and two team in America. I agree with that, and you know they beat Texas A and M earlier this year. I I I. I like Missouri a lot, and I like what they've done, but I wonder if that Georgia game took something out of them. I think Tennessee is in a good spot here. I I, I like Tennessee in this one. For me, it's simple at Missouri, and I'm going to take the better quarterback. Brady Cook has been great this year. And wow, he's been great. They're a fun team. I mean, yeah, I, Missouri. Luther you know, Burden we, we, might be the best receiver in the country. We've talked about Eli Drinkwitz being a little bit of a goober, but he's he's a pretty good football coach. 
Yeah, he's done a damn good job this year. Um, so yeah, credit to them. Yeah, so you're taking Tennessee. I'm I taking like Tennessee Zeus. still. I, I just think Tennessee is is trending in the right direction. I think they're better than we're giving them credit for. Defense has been pretty pretty damn good this year too. So that's a that's a matchup there to watch with Drinkwitz versus uh, that that volunteer defense. All right. Not going to talk about defense much in this one. Three o'clock SEC Network, Auburn at Arkansas. Ooh, buddy. I think this, this is going to be a good game. One of those just this, like sneaky good yeah. games. My question, can Arkansas flush what happened last week? Big emotional win. First time ever, David. First time ever the Hogs have won in the Swamp. Get the big overtime win over Florida. You, I, I, I'm not going to say right the ship. I mean, Arkansas is still very bad. I mean, they are they are not a good football team. They are three and six as well. But maybe a little bit of change after firing Dan Enos. The offense looked better. Scored more points. KJ Jefferson looked to be a little more comfortable. Kind of, you know, handing him the keys and just letting him do his thing. I still don't think Auburn's very good. Um, looking right. at. This one kind of similar. Offensively, they're so limited. Yeah. They, that, they just yeah, can't do yeah. the things they want to do right now. Yeah. So kind of similar to what I said about Tennessee, Missouri. I'm going to go with the home team here and the better quarterback. I'm taking Arkansas to win this one, and, and I'll take them to cover. It's only three points. I Again, like you you, you nailed it. I, Auburn's just – they, they can't do much offensively. I mean, barring Jarquez Hunter – Running for 250, I think this one's Arkansas all the way. Well, and Arkansas, I think another huge thing was Rocket Sanders. Yeah. Back. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, then I, I just think it kind of it kind of changes them a little bit. Like, are you right? It's a disappointing year for Arkansas. Nothing at this point is going to change it. But we talked about multiple times that Arkansas shouldn't be this bad. You know what I mean? They have a solid quarterback. They have mm-hmm. some people around them. I think that maybe once they finally – kind of shook off the, you know, the, you know, whatever the mad, the bad mojo, whatever you want to call it. I, I yeah. think they might get on a little mini run right now. So I, I think they're going to win. I, I think you're right. Home team, better quarterback. I think they're headed in the right direction. And they'll beat Auburn. Should be a better crowd than, than what Arkansas had at the Mississippi state game coming off a big win. Weather should be nice. I think people are, I think they want Sam Pittman to win. This isn't like a, you know, Mississippi State, I think, is almost kind of resided in the fact that they want to get rid of Zach Arnett and move on. That's a dangerous spot to be in when you're wanting fans to show up and and help you out and give you a home field advantage. I think the Hogs, Sam Pittman's as likable a guy as anyone in college football, and I think they want him to win. They want them to succeed and to turn it around. And yeah, Rocket Sanders going for over a hundred against a good Florida defensive front. I mean that that was big. So yeah, I, I like Arkansas here. All right, I agree. Saturday night, six thirty. I don't know if this one has an official name. You know, it was called like the Cleat Game a couple years ago when you had the the, the Florida guy throw an LSU player's cleat. Um, but this one, he's on the Arizona Cardinals now. He's a corner, really. Marco Wilson, yeah, oh, good for him. Um, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't have a name, but just, just Florida LSU rivalry. Um, so we go to Baton Rouge. The big question, what's Jaden Daniels availability? I haven't right. seen much about that. 
had the concussion um, in the Alabama game, which I thought was targeting. And if that's not targeting, then I just think you need to get rid of it and just not even call it anymore because I don't know what you do there. Um, but I, I two teams looking for a bounce back. If Jane Daniels is a full go, I'm taking LSU all day. I'm oh, not yeah. even not even close in Death Valley. They're the better team. The number though, 13 and a half. I think Florida will keep it close. And this game is always tight, typically, no matter what. I think the Gators cover, but I like LSU to win. I if Jaden Daniels is healthy, I think LSU blows them out. Okay. By by probably about three touchdowns. Um, that's if he's that's not, typically what I would go with, but I'm just going to go with, you know, hashtag throw the records out rivalry game here. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be a little bit of that, and I think you're right in that both teams are kind of in a similar situation. Like Florida's got to be super disappointed with the loss last week. LSU, I'm sure, put a lot into the Alabama game. Mm-hmm. Um, both these teams aren't going to go to the places they wanted to this year. For that reason, I, I do think – you know, there is a chance that Florida catches LSU sleepwalking, but I just don't think Florida's in a position to do anything, even if they catch them sleepwalking, especially in Death Valley. So, I mean, if Jaden Daniels is available, I think LSU wins big. I, I think he's not. They still win, but not nearly as big. My main question there is the LSU defense. Uh, that, that That's what I, I had to remind myself last week. Jaden Daniels, they drive down, he hits Malik Neighbors for a big touchdown. And I'm thinking, oh, here we go. Bama's in trouble. And then I was like, oh, shit, I forgot LSU has to play defense too. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, Graham Mertz will hit some throws. They'll keep it, you know. Eugene Wilson is, is is one of the better freshmen in the country. I think he'll make some plays. Yeah, I like LSU to win it. But I, I, for some reason, I feel like Florida's going to keep it close. Maybe they get a garbage touchdown late to ruin – some people's parlays, but um, as we move to the other 630 game on ESPN2, you want to talk about quarterbacks, availability, and health, and how it can affect a game? What's A&M Will going to do without Max Johnson? Well, that's And Will a, Rogers, yeah. Yeah, if Will Rogers is available for Mississippi State, I, I, saw, I was reading something the other day that he was practicing. Yeah, that's... Okay. Um, but he has been practicing, I guess. So that doesn't mean he's going to play. Um, I, this is a. I just think Texas A&M is too good at the end of the day. I think they'll start slow, figure out a way to win. I think it's going to be an ugly game, but I think A&M will figure it out. Yeah, I, I like A&M big. I, I might even. It's it's in Kyle Field too, so I might even take him right anyway, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I truly, I don't even know who the, who they'd go to without Wegman. He's out. I don't even know if Max Johnson can't play. Who do they go to? But, um, yeah, I, too many, too, too many playmakers. Too, too much talent. I think that that A and M defense is gonna. I don't right. care. That's if it's, what I, I think. A and M's defense is gonna shut down State enough that even if A and M scores seventeen points, they'll still win seventeen thirteen or seventeen ten. Yeah, I. Yeah, I, I still, Anaya Smith, uh, that receiver core that um, almost had issues with, and 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 yeah, that front sevens, uh, whether it's Will Rogers, Mike Wright, or you know 
whoever at quarterback, they're going to have a hard time keeping up with, with A&M and, and trying to avoid, you know, getting hit in the face every other play. So, um, right. I kind of like A&M to blow them out. Um, I think state's getting awfully close to quit territory. We've been yeah. on quit. We've been on quit. Quit watch for a few weeks. I, th- I think it's. I think it's arrived. Yeah, I mean, I you know that Kentucky game. They just they just didn't have much. I mean, I'll get you know they they competed, but they just can't move the ball. They're they're like Auburn, except maybe even worse offensively. They're just yeah. they, it's just not. Now, if Will Rogers is available, it's it might be a different story. But right now, just state just hasn't shown me anything, especially going up against a bunch of future NFL players. I, I don't see how this goes well for state. Yeah. They're, they're, they're kind of staring down the barrel of, you know, let, you know, getting to four and six and then you get back home and regroup and you play Southern miss. And then you're fighting for bowl eligibility in the egg bowl, which as we've talked about, that's a dangerous, yeah, dangerous game to play. You talk about played with house money. I mean, State oh, yeah. will be playing with house money in that game. And, yeah. and that game, it's in Starkville, isn't it? Uh, the Egg Bowl, it is in Starkville. Yeah. And so, I mean, you know, Ole Miss is obviously better, but we're stranger things have happened. And I, I certainly think that, you know, if State is fighting for bowl eligibility at that time, it's, it's going to be interesting. Speaking of interesting, that'll be 6 o'clock this weekend, Ole Miss, Georgia. All eyeballs of the college football world will be on it. College game day will be there. You've got Kirk Herbstreet, Chris Fowler on the call. It'll be uh, it'll be quite the spectacle. So make sure to check out omspirit.com as we prepare you for that matchup. We'll have podcasts. We'll have Stories, we'll have analysis all week leading up to the big one, the top 10 matchup in the SEC. Thanks to David for joining like he does every week. Thanks to Drew Moak and USA Benefits Group for sponsoring the show. And, of course, thank you to the listener for tuning in. So, for David over there, I'm Zach. This has been Daytime Fireworks. Until next week, we out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.